Hello and welcome. It's David joining you again this week. I'm recording on June the 17th. Hope all is going well for you. And boy, there's a lot going on from the Federal Reserve's actions earlier this week to the WASDE report last week. There's a lot of moving pieces, and this is why we do what we do. This is why we do these videos. This is why we do the weekly newsletters for AEI Premium. This is why we write the content is to help you stay up to date. So we're going to spend just a few minutes today and we're going to focus today's conversation on the WASI report that came out a week ago, June the 10th. And then we're going to think about in a future video, we'll talk about the latest coming out of the Federal Reserve. But let's dive in. And I, we have some slides prepared for you today to just kind of frame up where we are in this growing season. Keep in mind, we're just starting to enter this growing season. So there's a lot of things that could still change and move and adjust. But right now we're at 89.5 million acres of corn planted and that yield of 177. 177, of course, is down from that trend normal of 180. 1.0 bushel per acre. So keep that in mind. One thing that has adjusted that did change is they made an adjustment to the ending stocks for last year. They increased them for corn, which gave us a higher beginning stocks. And so it wasn't a huge change here, about 45 million bushels. So again, not a, a very big difference. We did see some changes in usage. Usage is up just about 5 million bushels. So small changes here, but overall ending stocks increased a little bit. The farm market average price still at 675. That has not changed. The stocks to use equation for June comes in at 9.6% stocks to use. And for May, it was for context in May, it was 9.3. Last year, it was at 9.6%. And the long run average is at 13%. So we're kind of again, this cycle, we could write a forecast network question, you know, what's the probability of ending stocks coming in above 10% or ending stocks coming in below 10% once we start thinking about, you know, six months from now at that January stocks report. So a lot of moving pieces, but in general, corn is treading water. So it's a little bit interesting to think about we're at 89 and a half million acres on the corn crop, much smaller than anything we planted in recent memory. And this usage story is such that we're still kind of maintaining stocks at about that slightly below that 10% stocks use. Of course, they've already trimmed four bushels out of production. So that is a contributing factor, but we'll see how this starts to work its way out. As we've talked about, or we wrote about in an earlier article, corn use is an interesting story. On the one hand, it's about 2% off the record high of a year ago. So you could kind of make the argument that usage is fairly strong in light of high commodity prices. And so you can look here, last year's usage was a record 14.89 billion bushels. So not quite crossing that 15 billion bushel usage number. But when we look at usage this year, it's at 14.57. So it's about 2% off. So one headline could say corn usage is pretty good, or remains strong despite high prices. What we're reminding folks of is that just like with yields, and that it's difficult to make meaningful comparisons over time because of this upward bias, this upward trend in the data, we have to keep in mind that corn usage over the last 22 years has increased at about 250 million bushels per year. So right now we have a trend usage situation. We could use a trend line like we use with yields and we say how far or above or below that trend line are we are. That could be a really helpful measure to think about how strong usage is. And right now we're about a billion bushels below the trend line. If you look at it on a bushel basis, the only other time in history we saw a bigger departure from trend uh, was, of course, in during 2012, which was about 1.8 billion bushels. 
And you could look at it as a percentage basis. It was actually the situation back here in 2002 was a little bit bigger on a percentage basis than where we are today. But in general, the usage situation for corn might not be as robust as you know five years of data might suggest. Keep in mind here, usage for corn over the last five years has been pretty flatlined, pretty sluggish. This could be a developing story that we start to see emerge as we move forward. How much rationing is going on? How strong is demand for corn? How strong is usage? I don't want to make a huge deal about this, but keep in mind here, the trend line is above 15 billion bushels. It's about 15.5 billion bushels. And so we don't see corn usage where we would kind of, if we just close our eyes and said, I know nothing about what's going on here in 2022, 23 marketing year, where I start out, we start that 15.5 billion bushel number. And so we already uh, made some movements from there. Let's shift gears and talk a little bit about soybeans. Again, 91.1 million acres of soybeans. We'll see how that number stands up as we move through the end of the month in the acreage report. 51.5 bushel per acre yield. That has not been changed from the trend normal. They made another adjustment in the soybean stocks as well, the beginning stocks. This time they pulled out 30 million bushels of stock. So we're a little tighter situation. 30 million adjustment on a 250. 235, depending on the starting point, is a pretty big adjustment. This is a little more significant of an adjustment. And so we didn't see any changes on the production side of corn. Soybeans, we didn't see any changes in the usage side of corn. It was just in the stock numbers. So we have actually a little bit higher farm average price up to 1470 compared to 1440 projected a month earlier. And again, 1335 is where we are for the marketing year that's wrapping up here, the crop that we harvested last year. Whereas the stock situation, 6.1% stocks to use. We had 5.3% last year. We estimated 6.8% and back in May. So a little tighter than May, but still bigger stocks than a year ago. 8.2% is the long run average. And so we are coming in here uh, still below that long run average. This is tight stocks across all the crops is what's giving us fairly strong pricing opportunities. The usage story for soybeans is actually fairly positive. Usage was below the trend line during the trade war, but otherwise we've had pretty strong usage over the last 10 years. You know, this is part of this growing soybean oil demand, trade with China, trade globally. So this is a pretty positive story here in the soybean demand, soybean usage story. Soybean usage is actually going to improve a little bit from last year when we measure it as a departure from the trend line. Coming in around 180 million bushel departure from trend line. You know, in the big years of big trade, we've seen this get over 300 million bushels departure from the trend line. So let's keep that in mind for context. So a little bit, I think, more concerns around the usage situation with corn than maybe with soybeans. Soybean stocks are starting to rebuild, maybe a little more than corn. I guess we could probably look at that a little bit closer, but we're at six compared to long run average of eight. It seems to be a little more of an abundant situation, lower commodity prices, not as much rationing going on on the soybean side of the ledger. So what's next? Of course, we want to always keep you in mind of what's heading up next. The end of June is a little bit of a a super month here for ag reports. We have the June acreage report that comes out on June 30th, but also the quarterly stocks report. These won't be printed in a USDA projection until the July WASDE report, but traders and speculators and followers, and we're going to comment about, you know, if we take these latest numbers, how do they fit? How do they start to fit in to the USDA's 
previous adjustment. So did corn and soybean acreage go up or go down? Does that give us a more bullish or bearish story? And of course, where are those stocks reports? And that's going to help us determine where the beginning stocks are for this marketing year that we're planting for. And this will start to set the pace for how much rationing needs to go on or how much usage we need to encourage. Now, I want to flip over to the forecast network just a little bit and think about this acreage question. We asked the forecast network question, what's the probability of corn acreage being above 89.5 million acres in this June acreage report, which is an increase from the March estimate. And as you can see, the consensus has dwindled over time on this. And so my expectations also have gone down over time. And so, you know, when you start thinking about all those signals that producers have been receiving, we wrote an article about this, you know, there's the commodity market signals that have occurred, which have been beneficial for corn. There's been the cost structure, you know, high fertilizer prices have been persistent. And then of course we have mother nature being a part of this. And then there's survey errors. And so, you know, what are your expectations about corn acres going into this June report? Use the forecast network as a tool. What are your thoughts on soybean acres going up? You know, this one's actually trended higher. You know, I'm trying to rationalize this in my own thinking, but the expectations were about a 35% chance of this happening earlier in the spring. Now it's approaching the 50%. So what are your expectations today and how have your expectations changed over time? Also, a question I think is really relevant to the prevent plan is what's the probability of more than 180.5 million acres combined corn and soybeans coming out of this report? This is trended generally lower, start at 40%, trended lower down to 30, uh, maybe even as low as 20% a few weeks ago. I have been thinking about this a lot and probably overthinking this to some degree. Soybeans, you know, we wrote about this in that article, encourage you to check out this week. Soybeans wrapped up their planting for soybeans has been pretty timely. There's a lot of correlation between prevent plant of corn and soybean acres. Corn was slow, but we made a lot of progress in the last few weeks. And we'll have to see how widespread this is. There's always some degree of prevent plant. And one of the things we looked at in that article, and I'll pull it up for those of you who are watching on the YouTube. In this article, one thing that really struck me is there is not a lot of predictability or not a very strong relationship between prevent plant and planting pace. And that just sort of stuck out to me. And so we're somewhere in, we crossed the 75th percent for the U.S. corn crop being planted around week 20.8. We estimated at 20.8. And historically, that's resulted in a pretty big prevent plant scenario. And it's also a result, not as big as 2019 and 2020, but big, you know, kind of in the normal range of outcomes, pretty big, but it's also resulted in pretty low historic outcomes. And so there just isn't a very clear signal. Lastly, we're going to spend a whole lot of time talking about this. The Fed did raise interest rates. They changed a lot of their projections for where the U.S. economy is going to go. We're going to break that down in a future video, a future recording. But I want to encourage you to go update your forecast on the interest rate related questions. Here's one that, you know, you kind of have to call the referee on. We have a question about what's the probability of the 10-year treasury getting above 3.5%. And let me make sure, let me read the question specifically. The question is probability of that rate exceeding 3.5% before January 1, 2023. And, you know, looking at this data, this, this is the official ledger for this, came in at 3.49%. And so on Tuesday, June the 14th, when the Fed was 
uh, getting ready to make their announcement. It came in at 3.49%. We'll see where the data comes in as this continues to, as the markets continue to unpack the latest inflation information, the latest economic information, the latest Fed actions. But these long-term rates have definitely turned up and they're definitely moving higher. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. That's all we have for this week. Join us next week as we talk more about this macroeconomy. Update your forecasts. Read our latest articles. Send us any ideas that you have for things that we should revisit, things that we should consider for our forecast network questions or articles that we should dive into. As we've always said, our best ideas come from you, the listeners and the readers. Again, that's all we have for this week. Wishing you all the best. In the meantime, stay curious.